who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. If you want legendary service, if you, you want, want sweeter, sweeter discounts, discounts save by bundling auto and home with insurance. This is John Rocco, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hey everybody, welcome to another spoiler review episode here on the Geek Buddies. Hey! hey, we gotta figure out we gotta figure out Emma's part of it. Emma, you, yeah. you get to do the A. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, for, for those of you who are oh, looked at the thumbnail, looked at the title, you know we are going to be doing a spoiler review here of episodes one and two of WandaVision finally dropped on there on Disney Plus from Marvel, and it's going to be so much fun to dive into all of this. I am one of your hosts, the outlaw, John Roca, joined as always by uh, my brother over there in the corner right now, instead that, of in the middle. 
That would be me. I am Michael Vogel, writer, producer of animated TV shows and movies. And uh, hey, I guess somebody does put Michael in a corner and it's the outlaw. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, and there in the bottom corner to my left, uh, Shannon McClung. How are you, Shannon? I'm good. This is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Silicon Valley, Modern Family and Teen Wolf. And this is the first time I get to look up and see John. No, that's right. Brady uh, I mean, let's wait, Jan, Shannon. Let's be honest. You've been looking up at us for a long time. I need to find the angle to. I'm doing it the wrong way. <laughs> uh, and we are so blessed uh, and thankful and looking forward to having our uh, fourth host on this show. She is the host of the Download on VNTV. All of you know her from so many other things like the Schmodown and her own channel. And of course, she is a Twitch goddess. Uh, <laughs> awesome, talented, incredibly knowledgeable Emma Five. How are you? I'm just great. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the Brady Bunch box setup right? is very, it's very apropos for yeah. this particular television series, which we're going <laughs> to be discussing. Um, totally fitting. Yeah, <laughs> thousand yeah. percent agreed. Well, let's let's uh, get into it here, and just one more one more warning. This is spoiler review, so we'll be going in depth into the stuff that we saw here in the first two episodes of WandaVision. First time in fifteen months that we've gotten some original live action Ooh. Marvel content in this wow. coming yeah it's kind of crazy to think about and this uh, comes to us uh, from creator jack schaefer and of course director matt shackman uh there on these first two episodes of wandavision so let's go around the horn first before we get into the episodes and get our overall thoughts of these first two episodes let's start with our guest emma five uh, please emma what's your feeling walking away after you've seen both of these episodes of wandavision Oh man, I could not have been more excited for this show. I mean, it's interesting because I wouldn't say that I was necessarily chomping at the bit when I was first introduced to the idea that there was going to be a series about Wanda and Vision right. until I heard the sort of log line for what the show was, that it was very much this sort of love letter to the American sitcom mm -hmm. with an underlying story about like a woman who's going through some sort of mental collapse perhaps if you will it's a little yeah. unclear at this point but i am so unbelievably on board the thing that really strikes me about this show is it's not a parody at, at all it is not a parody of right. the sort of classic sitcom it is truly an homage to it and then they're introducing these sort of outside elements that lend to okay what's the mystery of this thing but i'm having so much fun living in the moment it's not a because sometimes i feel that with shows that are hinging on a mystery there's too much what's going on and it's not interesting it's just like i feel lost right. and in this show i do maybe feel a little lost because like last week saw wanda she was you know a, a contemporary woman with long hair and a cool coat. Uh, and yeah. now she's like a 60 sitcom housewife. So obviously something crazy is going on, but I'm on board with it. I love yeah. it. I think you make excellent points, Emma, and we'll go to you next, Vogel, in just a second. But yeah, you make excellent points here about the fact that, look, we, this is not a parody. This is no. an homage. And this is very much about navigating the trauma of loss and yes. whatever's happening here with Wanda uh, Maximoff. Uh, Mike, what's your feelings as you, as you watch this, uh, uh, these two uh, episodes unfold? You're a showrunner. You've been a, you're a writer. You've been a producer on these on TV shows. Yes, animated and otherwise. But like, what was your feeling watching the construction of the of these two very unusual episodes on Disney Plus? 
Uh, I was so thrilled. Um, mm. <clears throat> much like Emma, like I grew up, I grew up as a TBS kid. Uh, as a, you know, growing like TBS when I was growing up in the eighties. Uh, was the sh- channel that had all the old stuff. I Love Lucy, Three Stooges, Dick Van Dyke, right, Bewitched, right. I Dream of Jeannie. So the second that the first episode started, I had a big grin on my face. And much like Emma, uh, I have a lot of questions. Mm. Obviously, we're geeks, so we have a ton of theories <laughs> that are maybe right and maybe wrong to those questions. But more so than the bigger mystery, I was so enjoying just living in this sitcom universe because they really did nail it. Um, And the other thing that surprised me about watching these was the underlying tragedy that I felt. Mm. Uh, When you're watching this adorable Dick Van Dyke sort of I Love Lucy in episode one, I Dream of Jeannie, Bewitched kind of thing in episode two, and it's cute and it's funny and Vision and Wanda are adorable. Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are just knocking the comedy out of the park. And in the back of your head, as a Marvel nerd, you're like... They just went through the like you're just you're I, like the images of Thanos ripping out uh, the Mind yeah. Stone from from Vision. The images of Elizabeth Olsen just so sad, kicking the shit out of Thanos because yeah. he took everything from her. And that sort of juxtaposed with this black and white idyllic romance. It's like the the show to to answer your question on the showrunner level. What I really respected about it is they are working on multiple levels. And every level is kicking. Like, we'll get into details as we go through the episodes, but half the lines work as it's a cute sitcom, but there's an underlying meaning. A certain word is chosen that actually means something that ties back to something else. And so they're creating this mystery for us while at the same time giving us this love letter. And both pieces are given equal weight, which I think was kind of surprising to me. And kind of that was part of the real treat of watching these episodes. Yeah. I mean, you know, Shannon, we're in a new world now where we, there is more and more conversations about PTSD and mental health and struggles with loss and the things that people navigate and go through. There's way more psychotherapy. There's way more books available to navigate all this stuff for people. But remember, Wanda Maximoff was like a sheltered person, her and her brother, sheltered person. So in my mind, this is her navigating this trauma through probably the only television she was allowed to watch in whatever complex she was held in. So what's your feeling as you watch her kind of do her interpretation of these shows throughout these first two episodes. Well, I thought that's the really interesting thing is, you know, we, we've seen the trailers, we've seen these glimpses of TV sets from different eras yeah. and yeah. how it's going to tie into what is, what is currently going on. Um, I was really curious, like, are they, is there going to be any sort of setup? Like, are they going to show her in an old abandoned house? And they don't. They go right into the opening of a sitcom from the 1950s. And to echo what Mike said, uh, Paul Bettany and uh, Elizabeth Olsen are oh. having a blast. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, I, I also have seen sitcoms from the 50s and 60s, and it's like, this is this is what those shows were. I mean, mm-hmm. I read one of the reviews, because I'm sure we all read the reviews early and over, overwhelmingly positive. But one or two that was kind of like, I remember, I don't know who it was, but the guy or, or the gal, I can't remember, was just saying, like, oh, they needed punchier scripts because X, Y, and Z, they're trying to shove in all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this person has not seen a sitcom yeah. from the 1950s because yeah. that is, the jokes were very clever for that time. And yeah. it's really, yeah. really interesting to see yeah. how Wanda, you see the things, the, these, their jokes, but they're, they're laced with tragedy. Yeah. 
yeah, that, yeah, that's actually something I've seen come up a few times. And it's not a it's not so much a criticism of the show mm. as I've seen people expressing concern on Twitter or wherever about like people who are younger than say I am. I was a kid in the 90s. I yeah. grew up watching all of those sitcoms on Nick at Night because I had a TV in my room and sometimes I couldn't sleep and I'd put Nick at Night on and right. I used to watch Bewitched, Dick Van Dyke Show, I Dream of Jeannie, Brady Bunch, all of them. They were all on there. But there is a generation after me, I think, that hasn't mm -hmm. necessarily seen the shows that this show is very, very directly and brilliantly referencing. Yeah, yeah. So I do wonder if there is there are younger people maybe who are a little like, huh? Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And also you have to look at this. This is her interpretation of the yes. show. She is our unreliable narrator in this yep. situation. We are, so you're not going to get, hey, the punchiest scripts and the funniest jokes and let's hit the beats. This is very much her navigating her trauma through her own technique of putting this relationship in this world. So she's not 100% going to get it right. Like all of us retelling a joke or retelling a story, we don't always get it right from a sitcom. We watch, we miss some beats or whatever. That's how it is. So that's the license you have to give this show a little bit and stop being like, well, this isn't the most well-written. No, this is <laughs> ridiculous. ridiculous. You know? I also, yeah. before, yeah. before we dive in, if I could, Johnny, I just wanted to also, off of what Emma said, because I've talked to some people too, and I think that I've talked to some friends of ours that work at some other studios, and there's sort of this... Either people are super on board with what the show is and they're loving it, yeah. but there's also this sort of like, well, younger kids don't get these references. Was this the smartest way to do? Are they going to lose an audience because they're confused? There's a lot of that, and I just want to give Marvel some straight up props off the bat. Yeah. We are yes. always saying, we are always asking whenever we see these things, like, oh, I wish they would have taken a risk. I wish mm. they would have tried something different. I wish they would have really zigged when we thought they were going to zag. Yeah. And this is such a departure for Marvel. Mm. And to go back to these old sitcoms, to go back to black and white, I think that's the reason that they premiered the first two episodes together, because by the second episode, we start to get some of the weirder bits and yeah. literally move to color. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I do think that, uh, like, they just deserve a ton of props for taking two of their characters and I know that Winter uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon was supposed to be the first thing out of the right, gate. Right. I kind of love that WandaVision ended up being the first thing because for Marvel's first TV show to be such an homage to TV is great. But just like props to them for being risky. I think they nailed it. I'm super excited to get into the details. And, I agree. And it yeah. makes sense that this was not the initial um, introduction of Phase 4, that they were going to go right. with Black Widow, something Black that Widow. is yes. very Marvel. They were going right. to go with Falcon and Winter Soldier, something that is very Marvel. But this right. is, these are the cards they've been dealt. And ultimately, this was... Was a swing that they had to take and it looks like it's paying off yeah, yeah. and uh there'll be some russian references in this uh, show just like there would be in black widow so <laughs> all right let's move on uh to episode one here uh, let's get through it basically the premise centers on a confusion about a scheduled dinner with vision's boss the hearts coming over uh to the house but we get it just right off the bat we get like the the song that gives us the exposition which is very reminiscent of the donna reed show even the nanny for those of you who are a little younger did this kind of thing as well as an homage to the old school sitcoms watch that oh hear that opening intro song explaining her situation the girl from flushing queen so there's references here that you can make that are still modern and not necessarily all the way back to the 50s but it's a great intro to get you know to get you into the mood of it then we open of course open up with them in the kitchen and everything is very 50s like even the special effects is very 50s like mike the, going into this opening here what was your feeling as you were walking into all of this world that they were creating here and the way they approached it 
Well, uh, first of all, opening song, uh, Bobby Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, who yes. gave us who yes. gave us Let It Go and all the Frozen songs. So, uh, off the bat, great song. I was watching it with my little brother, and I think to get my reaction on what I thought going in, he said maybe a minute and a half into the show, he looked at me. I had the biggest smile on my face. He was like, <laughs> you're already in love with this. I was like, I'm already in love with this. Yeah. Uh, the opening scene, I knew right off the bat, I loved the 1950s style magic, like that they just went for like the cheesy sort of weird cuts and everything else. But off the bat, you sort of get, uh, as soon as Wanda said, oh, there's my husband with his indestructible head. Yeah. And we all know that head's not indestructible. That's how he died. And right. so right off the bat, you started to get these references about there's there's layers to what they're saying. This works as just the typical, this is my robot husband and I'm his witch wife. But they're going to sort of talk around the things that we know are really going on, which is what someone kind of dealing with this level of trauma would potentially do. Yeah. And then on top of that, just the two of them, we've seen Wanda and Vision go through stuff. Uh, you know, they didn't have a ton of time together in Age of Ultron. They had some very cute scenes together in Civil War. And by the time we get to Endgame, they're already in love and we're deep yeah. in the action. This was one of the first times that we just got to see these two be freaking adorable yeah. with each other. Yeah. And they were so sweet and i think yeah. that's the thing that's really going to make this show uh we're talking about the the references to the old uh mm. tv shows we're talking about ties back to the marvel cinematic universe we're going to talk about easter eggs none of that would matter if we weren't rooting for them as a couple yeah and this first scene just solidifies that you want these two to work out yeah, Emma, the chemistry here is really great between these two. And then, of course, you get a little bit of the old cliche tropes of, you know, the wife having to whip up a great breakfast on the fly. All of that kind of weaved into this, as well as revealing the mad, the uh, kind of the, uh, the uh, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? Like the confusion or the mistake that's going to be uh, erectified a little bit later on the episode, yeah. but they don't know what the heart means on the 23rd. I believe, I believe we call that shenanigans. Yeah, yeah shenanigans, sure. <laughs> no, yeah, the, the heart on the calendar thing and the two different interpretations of it is such a classic sitcom mm -hmm. storyline. And, you know, the fact that they, my, one of my favorite parts of the whole episode is when they have the conversation on the phone, when yeah. he calls her from the office to tell her, right. uh, Hey, I now know what the thing is. And she says, Oh, well, don't worry. I've got the whole thing under control. Cause she's already met up with the neighbor and decided right. it's their anniversary and is planning this romantic evening for them at home. Um, which just, which then of course adds to that really great layer of he comes home with the boss and his wife. And then yeah. she's there in her robe, like ready to have a romantic evening. <laughs> so exactly. yeah. yeah. Uh, Shannon, you look. It was. It's. It's uh, uh, August twenty third. You. You were texting us uh, a couple of yesterday, saying I've explored every nook and cranny. Did you explore a nook and cranny of what oh, August twenty yeah. third might mean? Well, because they don't know. They were like, yep. "What? What does that mean?" Well, August twenty third is eight twenty three, but because Wanda is European, it would be day month. Of so twenty three eight Avengers two thirty eight deals with uh, Vision being reactivated. After yeah. he, he's done uh, an adventure where he was he was deactivated in Avengers 238, he is reactivated. Right. Also, right. And, uh, and Monica Rambeau is in that uh, issue as well. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. Yeah. 23 Marvel movies. Yeah. 
Good point. 23 Marvel movies, that's for sure. Yeah, and this, yeah, Monica Rambeau is in this thing. And of course, Vision was injured in Avengers number 233. Annihilus is the person that deactivates uh, Vision here, created a null field, a sort of force field intended to destroy Earth by creating a reaction that will merge Earth with the negative zone. Vision literally attempts to break through an energy field created by a magical character that threatens Earth's existence, which is seemingly exactly what Sword is trying to do in WandaVision as well, break through this force field. So there's even just a little subtle nerdy reference for those of us who are uh, who are readers of the comics. Let's get into Agnes. Shannon, I'll start with you here. Uh, Catherine Hahn, who has been killing it for years, doing comedy in numerous places, uh, seeing her step in as Agnes, which some people are already saying is a shortened version of Agatha Harkness. Agnes, what's your thoughts uh, on her approach and her uh, you know energy to the show? Well, when they first announced that Catherine Hahn was going to be playing the nosy neighbor, it's like, oh, well, that's perfect casting. Yeah. Um, and then you see how she just fits seamlessly into this type of role and seeing how she's going forward. And again, watching the trailers, there's clearly more going on here with uh, with Agnes that is that, that is being revealed in the first episode. But thus far, Catherine Hahn absolutely awesome and the fact that she was sort of the spoiler for the end of the episode again perfect classic 1950s uh, uh sitcom trope oh you weren't answering your back door so i'm knocking on your first you know front door <laughs> Catherine, she's doing great the final good yeah mike go ahead no i think it's really interesting a lot like you said a lot of discussion about who is she mm-hmm. is she agatha harkness is agatha harkness helping wanda is she harming wanda she's done right. both in her history in the comic books and I think it's like of note, at least in these first two episodes, that within the world of the sitcom, in both episode one and episode two, Agnes as a character is helping Wanda achieve whatever her goal is of that yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need yes. you need to get a dinner done to help out uh, your husband. I happen to have a four course dinner. Hey, in episode two, let me give you the ropes. Like, here's what you need to do to deal with Dottie. So I think the fact that Agnes is within the sitcom world being very helpful might be a hint of where we're going to see Agatha Harkness go, but yeah. remains to be seen. Yeah, yeah, Emma, I, yeah, Emma, go ahead. yeah I was going to say, for me, like one of the things that I really enjoyed, because I think it's something that we are honestly, with the exception of maybe Captain Marvel is the only one that's immediately coming to mind for me. But one of the things that I feel we don't get a lot of within sort of the Marvel cinematic universe is uh, female friendships. Like obviously you have that big scene in the end of Endgame where all of the women characters come together. But for the most part, many of those women had never interacted with one another before in their entire existence, as far as we know. So the fact that so much of this show thus far is framed with this friendship that's developing between Wanda and Agnes, it's just really, as a viewer, very compelling for me. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and it's an interesting course they're taking with her because, like, you know, Agatha Harkness in the comic trains Wanda, So, but she seems here a little bit of a guide and less of a trainer in this situation, the way they're they're uh, approaching it. Also, for those of you who are keen-eyed, she's wearing a brooch, and she constantly wears a brooch in both episodes. Agatha Harkness wears a brooch in the comics. So yeah. this little doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be her, but certainly all signs are pointing in that direction uh, for sure. And now let's move on to Paul Bettany, who's over at his job, computational services, uh, whatever that means, because they apparently don't <laughs> sell or make or do anything. Okay. 
I'm sorry, but I love that he asked, what exactly do we do here? Because that, again, is another very, like, early sitcom trope of we're not entirely sure what the husband's job yeah, is. We right, know he right. goes to the office every day, <laughs> but we don't really know what he does. But And this is a great example, again, of working yeah. on both levels because you're yes. 100% right. Everyone in these 1950s sitcom yes. went to the office. You'd see them at the office and you're like, what? It's like it's like right. the Jetson Spacely Sprockets. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck do you do, George Jetson? <laughs> but at the same time, it's also working to illustrate the fact that this fantasy is not a hundred percent worked out. Yeah, like right. he knows yeah. he goes to yeah. the office, he knows he's there to do stuff, but right. there there's there's gaps in this yeah. world, yeah. and that's where it starts to get interesting. And again, that's what I was talking about. It's like it works on two levels, and that's what's really, really fun. Yeah, it's a yeah. great point, Mike. This idea of he doesn't know what he's doing here, and he's not gonna be the only person who asks Wanda, what am I doing here, or asks other people what am I doing here? Uh, they don't, you know, because they're not sure how they've brought, been brought into this world by Wanda. Uh, also, this idea of using Yakety Yak, I think is brilliant to using that song, a nonsensical song. Essentially, this is nonsensical stuff we're watching because it's not reality. So it just makes so much sense to use that song as well. You know, there's, yak, there's yak, another yak, theory. Don't talk back, too. Right? There's, yeah, there's another theory going around that's a little bit more uh, demonic in why oh. they used it. Uh, okay. Again, we'll get into this later. And I don't know that this is why they did it, but uh, a lot of people are trying to figure out who the potential big bad, if there is one, could be. Oh, yeah. Uh, as we talked about, Mephisto, who is yes. a Marvel villain that is tied to Wanda and her children in the comics, who yeah. is very demonic in appearance and uh, vibe. Yeah. So there's a lot of references throughout here that kind of could be construed to kind of be hints towards a devil, mm-hmm. uh, including yak, sort of yak legs, horns, whatever. Like, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Uh... I, okay. I I wanted to bring it up. I, I am telling you, like, when, when you start to go through, like, what I love about this, and we talk about this uh, on our yeah. Star Wars reviews for Mandalorian as well, yeah. is yeah. the geeks the geeks have been, it has been a dry desert for us for a long time. <laughs> and the geeks have come out True. in force True. Uh, talking. There, people are talking numerology. People are talking yeah. everything. So I don't know that Yakety Yak. I think it very much places it in the 1950s as well, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't know, but I felt that I needed to bring this up as part of the review That's that fair. there is Mephisto potential discussion uh, buzzing around the tweets. Like yeah. there, there is there is one writer who was in the WandaVision writing room who was like, also guys, a yak, it could be like a devil's legs. There's one person that is thrilled that you just said that. Shannon, <laughs> Shannon, I have been in writer's rooms with you. You would be that writer. <laughs> uh, well, let's move on here. We, we, we meet Mr. Hart here, who's uh, uh, playing, uh, I'm sorry, we meet Mr. Hart here, who's of course his boss. Uh, and uh, he, we find out the mystery of what uh, August 23rd is, why there's a heart on the calendar. They're going to have the dinner there. And we also meet Norm. Asif Ali is an interesting character. And there's a couple of things that come up in the second episode. But this is our introduction to him that makes me think this guy has a little more to do with what's happening around here with uh, with uh, uh, Wanda and Vision. Uh, all right. So and then, uh, you know, we get back to uh, we find out what's going on there. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But then we go back to this friendship. And you're talking about the ladies are reading out of a, a magazine that says, oh, if you make yourself 
you know, stumble around or it makes yes. the man want you more. Get, like, what's it like for you to watch these kinds of scenes as a woman watching these kinds of scenes and go like, oh, I get what they're referencing. And Oh, yeah. And well, I mean, I think that's kind of the thing, right, is that is because the show is so, so self-aware um, that it really works in this scene where they're basically calling out all of these old tropes yeah. of trying to be like the shrinking woman. But at the same time, even the sitcoms of the 1960s that were about the 1950s, they were self-aware to a certain level as well, where they were also like really playing into this idea of, you know, the woman who's working hard to please her husband, but like, what does the husband actually have to do? Right. Um, and that's something that, again, they directly call out within this scene. And Agnes is constant, constantly calling out her husband. Ralph, so, Ralph, we Ralph. Who Ralph is. <laughs> but it's oh, Ralph. Let me, also, let I want me to tell you about Ralph. <laughs> Also, want to give a, a little love to uh, to uh, uh, David Langell, who's playing Phil Jones. Uh, the mustache is just incredible. I yeah. mean, it works so well. He is essentially the David Schwimmer of this situation, <laughs> the hangdog guy that everyone's constantly, uh, you know, kind of calling out, whatever. Yeah. But I, we- I saw him at auditions for years, and yeah. whenever I would see him, I'm like, God, that guy looks just like David Schwimmer. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing. Work that kind of strikes me again about the the Wanda Agnes uh, thing mm. is this whole idea of again like she is very much the person that is in there calling out like a lot of the cracks in yeah. Wanda's universe because they have this whole conversation of like oh it's our anniversary or or she asks her like oh what's a single gal like you doing in a in a town like this and she's like oh no I'm married and she goes okay well where's your wedding ring and it and again like it works on the multiple levels of Oh, it's weird that you don't have a wedding ring on, but also, hey, maybe pay attention and yeah. like build your universe yeah. a little better. Because as opposed to, it's a, that's a really good point, because as opposed to like the hearts, which we're going to get to in a minute right. at dinner, or Dottie, who sort of hone in on something and don't let it go, Agnes yes. is sort of being like, hey, by the way, might yeah. want to think about this. It's really interesting. Well, let's move into the ad here. Emma, let me get your thoughts on this. The Toastmate 2000, <laughs> the woman. The actress playing her, she's going to play the, uh, she might be the actress in, in all these ads because she's certainly yes. the second episode as well. But she looks like Lucille Ball. She looks just like Lucille Ball. Yeah. And then the beeping on this toaster, which is the Toastmate 2000 from Stark Industries. Yep. Two things here. Forget the past. This is your future. But also the beeping that's almost like a bomb. Uh, is this a reference to uh, Pietro's death, possibly? Is this a reference to just her anger, her rising anger and mistrust of Stark? What do you think it is, Emma? I think that it, my inclination was more of a, a rising distrust of Stark um, and also just like this idea of, because uh, again, like, she's definitely even though like theory wise they and we'll get into this later because you yeah. keep hearing on the radio like wanda who's doing this to you right, um right. and i feel like she's doing it to herself to like keep herself safe that's my theory but you know we'll we'll see as we get further in sure. but yeah with the with the whole like stark industry things and 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 you brought up the the line of like you know forget the past this is your future like yeah. but they're saying that within this like yeah, in past the- sitcom world that she's created. Right, right, right. So Good to point. me, that's sort of a message of like, again, this idea of her like drawing into herself and this escapism to process her trauma 
through yeah. her interpretation of what were probably the shows that she was able to watch as a kid. Yeah. So it's there's listen, these ads are multi-layered, is what yeah. I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> I was I was I was gonna say that the toaster, the the Stark toaster, that's the unexploded bomb that she retro yeah. from that they talk about in Age of Ultron. That's what I thought too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These yeah. commercials are a point of trauma for her. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're, that's a good and they're, yeah, and they're yeah. going in order. Like they're going in order. Like when right. you go from this to the next one. Uh yeah. yeah, I, I, same thing. Yeah, her, her parents were killed by a Stark missile in Sokovia, and then yeah. there was an un, there was an unexploded missile that her and Pietro stared at for days with Stark's right. name on it, which is why they hate Stark. Also, a lot of people on the internet are conjecturing that the actor and actress that are uh, going to be in these commercials might actually be Wanda and Pietro's parents. Oh, uh, there's a lot of so, so again, to your point, like I do think these are points of trauma like for that. Wanda. And yeah. uh, and it's kind good. of tied to her past for sure. Yeah, I like that. Goose, like goosebumps, that. goosebumps. Yep. I just got goosebumps. Yeah, 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 goosebumps. All right, let's move on to the hearts dinner. Let's not, you know, and we we want to make sure we get the these reviews done in a certain amount of time. So let's move on to the hearts dinner. A lot happens here. <clears throat> Shout out to Fred Malamed, who plays Mr. Hart, and Deborah Joe Ruff, who all of us know from the 70s oh show. Oh, my God. Mr. What Dark. great casting right? with Deborah Joe Ruff. And she also looks literally exactly the same. Yes, yeah, she does. Right? She really does. Yeah, it's kind of mind-blowing. And they're great chemistry. They have great chemistry there because, of course, Mr. Hart playing that classic 50s boss. Yeah. You know, just, well, what are you doing here? And this is all about a promotion. Everything that can go wrong does go wrong this yeah. night. Yet in the end, he still offers him the promotion, which is crazy. But let's not skip over all the stuff that happens here. Mike, what was your feeling as we got through all this dinner? You know, there's no hors d'oeuvres. There's a mistake of her thinking it's the anniversary. So they do the Sokovia welcome, supposedly. All of this stuff. What did you feel about it as you were watching uh, the dinner? Well, and I'm sure Emma's going to echo this as well. But like the entire, it was classic sitcom. Mm -hmm. They yeah. set up Yakety Yak earlier. He used <laughs> yeah. Yakety Yak as the distraction. Uh, you yeah, know, Wanda's in the kitchen. Agnes comes in to help. She won't leave. They do the fun circling the kitchen. Like, lots and lots of comedy. Lots and lots of fun. Uh, I'll skip over that in a minute because uh, to get to the part that I really thought, this is where the show really turned for me as like, oh, I'm having fun. Let's see where this goes to being like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Hart, when everything is going crazy, accuses Vision of having all this chaos in his house. Yeah. Perfectly, perfectly normal line. The fact that Wanda's powers in the comics are chaos magic, I think yep. it's also a very specifically chosen word. Certainly. But then they sit down to dinner, and what was great about it is, up until this point, everything had been shot very straight, down the line, three-camera sitcom. Yeah. It was, there was the stage, it was the set, it was the whole thing live in front With of a studio audience. audience. Yeah, yeah. 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 When, when Mr. and Mrs. Hart start honing in on the questions, as we were saying, Agnes comes in and kind of gives you a nudge. Yeah. The Hearts were like, where, why, why, where, when were you married? Why did you move here? Most right. importantly, yeah. why don't you have children yet? Very specific question. And then Mr. Hart gets agitated that they won't answer. Right. And as soon as he gets agitated, a couple things happen. He chokes and falls over. Also, we all of a sudden go to single camera. Mm -hmm. We zoom in. We're close in. We're zooming. The camera shots become way more complex. Yeah. And, it, and the, the table starts shaking slightly. Like, we go full Twilight Zone. Mm -hmm. uh, and Mrs. Hart, starting to tell her husband, stop that, then turns to Wanda and looks almost desperate with a smile on her face like she mm -hmm. just got sprayed with Joker gas. And she's like, stop that, stop that. And everything goes crazy. And for me, this was amazing because this was 
the power of doing everything straight down the line sitcom up to that point right. made this moment just jump out at you on every possible level, which I thought was absolutely astounding. Yeah, it's a great point you bring up. He keeps asking her, why did you come here? Why did you come here? That's what causes the reaction there. And I think it's a strawberry that's stuck in his throat, which was a reference to earlier when she said, yeah. well, would they mind to have the strawberry cut in three parts? You know, But also, Mrs. Hart is saying, I want to make sure it's good. Stop it is what she's saying. So she has an awareness that it's Wanda doing this, right? But she's afraid. To, I don't know if you guys remember that Twilight Zone episode with the kid who like makes everybody of the town is like is afraid of him because he can do terrible things to people and they all just kind of smile and do whatever yeah. he wants because they're all afraid he can die. He turns one of them into a jack-in-the-box. It's just that kind of, you get that vibe here that, yes, Wanda's all smiles and everything like that, but some of the people involved in this are scared for their uh, either made up or real lives, depending on what town they've, if she's actually depend, descended on a town or created this whole town from scratch. Shannon, what did you get from this back and forth between the hearts and Wanda here where Hart, Mr. Hart almost dies? Well, yeah, I mean, it was definitely the stuff that Mike pointed out that you you went from a traditional three camera, three camera format into that single camera. Yeah. And the fact that it was Wanda when she said, Vision, help him. That that's yeah. what got everything, kind of everything got reset then and everything got put right. back to normal. And we see echoes of that in the next episode as well. So it's definitely, it's definitely laying the groundwork for this. This is what is going on, even though we only have sort of, we got we got a shoestring of what's actually happening, but it is setting the groundwork for what is happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because in having Vision go to his aid, she's again like protecting herself from mm the trauma that she's gone through in her own real life where she has experienced so much death. Yeah. And so in this world, like, of course, Vision has all of Vision's regular powers, so he can just reach right into his throat and pull out whatever he's choking on. No Heimlich maneuver needed. <laughs> right. And also, also to Shannon's point, uh, you reminded me of the Shannon, the way that Elizabeth Olsen, like props to her, both her oh. and Vision, but her particularly on their acting, because yeah. if you pay attention, go back and rewatch the episodes. Mm -hmm. Anytime that she is talking about, I really want to fit in here. This is our home. Yeah. When she says to Vision, Vision, help him. She comes out of sitcom acting. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, and, big time. And, and there are moments where she breaks the sitcom kind yeah. of silly. Oh, well, da, 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 da. Yeah. And there's like a very, very true, honest moment. And you can track them and they all are surrounding. We have to make this work. Right. Um, so it's just something to track as you continue to go back and watch it again and as we watch the episodes moving forward. Yeah, and I also like this idea. I want to. I don't want to move past the heart center too quickly until we reference this thing. When he says we don't break uh, a bread with Bolsheviks, you know, that's a, a little bit of a Russian reference, a Russian reference. And then later on in the second, next episode, which we'll get into, yeah. there's that accusation that Norm is a communist. So there's there's a little stuff being weaved in here. Of course, you have Red Scare in the fifties and in the sixties, but of course, there's also stuff that might be uh, getting referenced here that we're going to get to in the overall MCU as this is the open in essence of phase four. Uh, Mike, you were taking a breath. What Did you have something else you yeah. wanted to add? And well, yeah. then the one thing I wanted to add before we move on is that yeah. to the one thing about this episode that does not track like a 1950s sitcom, and mm. John, you referenced it earlier, is in a 1950s sitcom, everything would have happened the way it happened except Wanda and Vision would have done something amazing to impress yes. the boss yes. at the last minute. Yeah. What's very key here, and it kind of happens again in the second episode is they don't do anything. Like, it's no. a disaster. The uh, whole yeah. thing is a disaster. He almost dies. They stand up. As soon as that moment is over, they end the sitcom the way you would. But right. it's yeah. completely... 
it's completely unearned. Like yeah. they didn't, he didn't earn the promotion. It was not a lovely night. They right. get the fuck out of there. Like nothing makes sense, yeah. but yeah. it all wraps up with a bow because we're like, we're getting back to normal now. And it's right. just, that really is affecting, like the cracks really show there. Obviously yep. we're going to talk in a second about the second episode where the cracks really begin to show. But yeah. for people who are like, well, this first episode was just like a straight down the line. I'm like, it really wasn't. It really if you wasn't. really pay yeah. attention. It wasn't. Right. Like format wise it is because yeah. Yeah. again, but but what's so interesting about it, as you point out, is that they are forcing it into yeah. that sitcom ending. Yeah. They just said, well, everything's going to wrap up perfectly because we said so, not because yeah. we actually went through the steps to earn this ending. Right. Exactly. Once my, uh, this is my overall general point for people who yeah. criticize me. It's, it's her vision of it. So yeah. in her idea, Vision did do something great by pulling that strawberry out, even though she initiated the strawberry getting yeah. stuck in his throat. And then she has the, oh, that's right. These always end this way. So yes. she has a happy ending to her own version of this sitcom, yeah. even though it's completely unearned. All right. So we, we we finish up with the hearts. We have the lobster knocking thing. All of that nice fun the little reference. ending up on the door was so funny. It's, <laughs> it's a great button. It's like some the lobsters <laughs> flying out the window. And then she, and then Vision goes to try to find the lobsters. Yeah, it's, you're right, exactly right. Uh, and then, or they sit down, and uh, I think this is where they we see the wedding rings, or is that in yep. the second episode? Yeah, no, we'll yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, she makes yeah, some wedding there. rings at but the end of the episode. We don't have a song, we don't have an uh, anniversary date, so they make this their official anniversary date. They right. make Yakety Yak their song, and then <laughs> they talk about the wedding rings, and then she does them. And of course, which is perfect sitcom. Shannon, you hear the oh, which is great. When the rings Those little subtle things they do to make it feel like a 50s sitcom is just brilliant. Then, as we pan out, um, we see this hexagonal hexagonal design to their panning out, and then eventually we get to a uh, uh, an old school monitor here, some computer screens, uh, and the sword logo on a notebook, and the sword logo on the computer. So. What's going on here? Thoughts, uh, Vogel? What do you think? Well, so yeah, really quickly for anyone who's not aware, in the comics, SWORD uh, stands for Sentient World Observation and Response Department. Uh, for you anyone who watched the ending of Spider-Man Far From Home, that big spaceship Nick Fury was on pretty much looks like the SWORD station. This is the new shield. Interesting thing, in the top's trading cards for WandaVision that have recently come out, uh, one word has changed. It's not sentient world observation, which is the space station from the comics. It's sentient weapon observation and response department. And of course, Wanda and Vision, both are sentient weapons given their power levels. Yeah. So yeah, so this is where we get that hint. This is where we get that big hint that, uh, that we get further confirmed in episode two that these agents of S.W.O.R.D., which through all the trailers, every comic book nerd has been conjecturing that's what this is. This is the confirmation that S.W.O.R.D., is trying to get in, is observing this. What I thought was interesting is it seems like it's not just like they are standing outside of some dome unsure of what's going right, on. Right. She's literally, whoever is writing the note in the notebook is literally watching the show. On a monitor. So, yeah. On a monitor. So I found that to be really, really interesting. Uh, and obviously uh, that was a great sort of, Marvel ending like you know we had this very 1950 show and then this was almost like the post credit oh shit just at the end of the episode also Emma I don't know if you caught this if you as you're looking that shot it the shot itself is full of modern and past 
yes. uh, equipment, right? Yes. You've got essentially what looks like a roadcaster uh, things you use to, to monitor your microphone and your cameras and what have you. Right. Then you've got those old school, what I remember using, Army stuff, and then the modern monitor that's there as well. So there's a combination of what the show's reflected there in the computer equipment that's sitting there. Yeah. Oh, there definitely is. And it does kind of, and then again, it, that to me is where the mystery really plays in of like, yeah. okay, where is Wanda really? Right. Yeah. Because she's right. not really in this house living this happy sitcom married life with vision. Right. Right. Or, yeah. or is she? I mean, like, like, right. like, I mean, I there is the, or I, not. yeah. Yeah. I, I, it seems to me, and we, the, where I will, it, it more comes out in the second episode than the first episode, but these people don't seem like they are made up creations. Like yeah. it's all happening in her head. <laughs> these people like look like they are being manipulated. Yes. And, and yeah. when the cracks start showing, they're not too thrilled about it. Yeah. So I don't know if she has remade an actual town in 2020 right. into this vision. Like it's going to be really interesting to see as we get further into it. That's yeah. What so let's get into the second episode. Well, and one, one, one thing yeah. um, on the credits for the show, yeah. directed by it's by Abe Brown. Abe Brown is a classmate of Peter Parker's from Spider Man Homecoming, yeah. <laughs> who was not dusted. So yes. this is five years after that. Wow. Interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, let's get into the second episode. It is essentially the talent show for the town, or shall I say, for, for the, the children. children. For the children. <laughs> uh, for the children. Oh my God. This whole thing begins once again in classic form when we get the actual scene before the opening uh, uh, logo and the opening uh, uh, you know, credits and what have you in song. This one is you're hearing this bumping sound outside. They're sleeping on single beds like they did in I Love Lucy and other sitcoms. Uh, and we get Vision being scared as if Vision can be scared of anything, being scared of these bumping noises, trying to play like or she's trying to make him play the classic sitcom dad husband thing uh and then she pushes the beds together and they of course have a have a nice little uh, morning tryst shall we say or <laughs> evening tryst. uh but yeah and then we get into the opening uh uh thing uh, opening uh, uh, uh logo and uh, theme song shannon the opening logo is animated this time yeah. and it feels very much like bewitched feels yep. very much like yep. jetsons uh, what do you think about this overall opening for the second episode it is loaded, yeah. <laughs> loaded with Easter eggs. I mean, you can go anywhere on the internet and someone has gone through and was trying to figure out what meant what. One of the really interesting ones is you see a helmet that some people say is the Grim Reaper, other people say is oh. Galactus, but it is right. a helmet with two prongs on each side. Mm -hmm. So what starts off as a really kind of friendly and, and upbeat animated opening credit sequence there's actually clues about stuff that yeah. could be coming all over the place. Yeah. Uh, you know, Johnny, you had mentioned at the end of the episode when it sort of zooms out on them, I Love Lucy style, it's a hexagon, yeah. uh, which is either six infinity stones or the mind stone mm. all by itself. Yes. And the moon in this opening credit, uh, the stars around it are also shaped like a hexagon yep. with six stars. Yep. Uh, as is when we get into the scene after this, the mind stone is clearly on the illusion box. So yep. lots of references to the mind stone to the Infinity Stones as well. There's also a reference in one of the store backgrounds in the animated background to Ag uh, Agatha Harkness and her cat. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot going on in there. Yeah. 
And also, this is how they use to introduce the fact that this world is now going to have more characters in it because we start to see them in, in the animated opening that we have here for this episode. Uh, 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 Emma, we are introduced. They are preparing to do a magic show, of course, these two uh, in the cabinet of mysteries. So this entire opening, uh, this, the next scene, rather, after the all after the opening, what's your feeling about, uh, what, what did you take from this opening here? Is it making references to magic, making references to kind of uh, trying to fool people? What, what was your feeling as you were watching that? Well, I mean, number one, of course, it works on the level of, obviously, <laughs> Wanda has magic. Her, her yeah. power is literally chaos magic. So, of course, there is that. Um, but, yeah, the, the cabinet of mystery thing is, it seems to me to be rather intentional mm. uh, in terms of it actually referencing some previous comics. Am I correct in saying that? I haven't seen anything. Have you, Mike? Uh, well, I don't know about the cabinet. I know that they're names of illusion and glamour yeah. in addition right. to yeah, being yeah. other words, other words for magic. Uh, in the Wanda Envision comic book where they moved to a suburban area outside of New Jersey, uh, there was another magical couple who actually had powers named illusion and glamour. So there is another Easter egg kind of reference to the comics uh, in that. I'm not, was there more about the cabinet, Emma, that you were? I don't know. I was, I was trying to do some research into that. I came across the illusion and glamour thing as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but again, like it, it does it brings up also immediately for us as the yeah. audience being familiar with these characters and the fact that they could basically literally do magic the question of like okay like are they gonna yeah. pull this off or are they gonna take this too far right. and the town's gonna basically find out their secret it's yeah. it's very bewitched yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> it's it's very bewitched. and but the op the front of the cabinet is very you know those kind of jagged power looking magic looking things but there's a kind of a pseudo helmet at the top of it as well it's, so i don't know I think what is it's the mind i think it's the mindstone yeah is that is that what it is at the top is the mind yeah i think so it's pretty clearly looks like it's it's shaped like it's it's again it's yeah. the the hexagonal but i mean i'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a reference to the actual mind stone okay and shannon yeah. there's a couple of lines here and i want your thoughts on this we talk about cracks the cracks start to show from the beginning here because that loud noise ends up becoming something that shatters their beautiful existence but also you get in this reference there's two lines here that stood out to me are you not worried that the audience might see through this charade that's yes. vision says but also wanda says why are fred and linda building a moat you build a moat to keep something f uh, that's dangerous out. Yeah, out from getting to you and they're building this castle. Well, so is this her sensing that people are trying to remove themselves or fight back against her mind control of them in this fantasy? She's absolutely. Crazy. Because one, that sound at the beginning before the credits roll, that is not a tree hitting, hitting a glass. Right, <laughs> I mean, that right. is a very loud boom. And when they open the blinds, I mean, this is her, this is her justification. This is her creating this. Like, Oh, that's what that noise was. The whole moat. That's like, yes, they, whatever is happening, it seems like the people that are around them are trying to separate themselves from them. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. and also, and also, Johnny, because uh, yeah. yeah, when Vision says to her, aren't, aren't you worried people are going to see through this illusion? Her response is, well, in real magic, everything is fake. Right, right. Which is yeah. her saying, this is what magicians do, but also in real magic, everything is fake. And she is literally living in a world where everything is fake. So again, like everything working on both levels. I saw somebody yeah. in, a, in a review in a review that I read yesterday, which I really thought was funny. They were like, 
if only our English teachers could see us now. They tried so hard. They tried so hard in high school to get us to find all the hidden meaning in all these references. And we were like, I don't have time for it. But yes. now we are like, let's dive in. Yes. That's true. Well, we leave them because they say, I'll see you at uh, showtime. And they take off, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, 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 Paul Vision takes off. And then Wanda is left there in the house. She hears the sound again, the crashing sound. This time, once again, as Michael referenced in the first episode, she kind of her face changes from the sitcom yeah. face to a little more of a dangerous face. Emma, she walks out, and this is the first splash of color that we've seen. Yes, it is. Nope. That's false. Wait, no. oh, right. the, toast, the toaster. Toaster. The toaster. Well, that's yeah. the ad. I'm talking about in the episode. There's a, there's a, to me, the ad versus her. My, but I see that, your that's point. Fair. That's fair. I see fair. your point. I see your point. Though. That's hey, fair. hey, Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Yeah. Hey, Johnny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, all right, we go in and we see the toy helicopter, Emma, in the bushes. It is the same color of yeah. Iron Man, the red and the gold kind I of mixed, know. mixed in and the sword logo. But it has the it. sword logo on yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Talk to me about that. What was you feeling seeing that? Well, I mean, again, so obviously she is trying to create justifications for what's going on. We talked about the boat situation. So then she yeah. has to walk outside and address what's going on. And so to me, this is sort of a again, like here we are truly seeing the cracks in her universe in a way that we haven't seen quite so boldly before by introducing this concept of color, which then of course will come around again at the end of the episode when it's yeah. like, okay, which to me felt like a response of, well, in order to like fight the color that's seeping into this universe, we just have yeah. to embrace the color that's seeping yeah. into this universe. And we're just going to yeah. go with it. And that's what it's going to be now. Right, um, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, and also we do hear, uh, like the voice of, uh, one of the like sword FBI people later on in the episode. But, right. but again, like this is where we're first, like very starkly introduced to this idea. Um, starkly, exactly, exactly, very starkly. Um, but again, it, but, but you do also get then sort of like the, the very direct Iron Man reference with the color yeah. as yeah. well of the helicopter. And Mike, Mike, is this her, you know, taking down a actual helicopter and possibly killing these people who are trying to break through uh and also explain to me what the mailman moment is with agnes where she says oh yeah what does that even mean it's so, not even referred to later on in the show yeah yeah so the, the mailman moment really stuck out to me right um i'm not yeah. sure i'm not sure if this was if this is going to turn out to be sword sent a drone in right and she and she translated it into a helicopter because that made sense for the era uh, which ties in a little bit to the whole beekeeper moment later on, or it was there like a giant helicopter that was hovering over this town potentially yeah. and was trying to get in and it fell in. And, and I think that there is definitely an element of her brain sort of trying to translate what the reality is. Right. And sometimes, and, and, and the, and the, um, sometimes it's easier for her like with the tree at the beginning. Right. And sometimes it's like, it's, it's hard for her to handle everything. Also, of note, the second things get weird and she's really not sure what to do, who shows up? Agnes. Every time. Agnes yeah. walks right in there and is like, hey, Every let's just forget time. about that. Every um, time. And, the show. And, yeah. and, then, and, then, and then the question with the mailman thing is, are, is this like, hey, let's make sure. Like, I don't know, but there's definitely something to it. I don't know what it is, but there's definitely some kind of meaning to the mailman moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, that, that helicopter, if that big booming sound was that helicopter crashing, we have a character that's going to be introduced that whose mom was a pilot. 
Right. So that's a really good point. Yeah, Geraldine was on it. That's a really good point. I didn't think about that, but yeah, Geraldine, who we all know because of the casting, is Monica Rambeau, doesn't show up until after that. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, she's seen in the animated opening, but she's not seen physically until after that. You're right, Mike. That's for sure. Yeah, Agnes shows up, and they go off to meet Dottie. Uh, uh, For those of you who are Beverly Hills 90210 or Buffy Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans, you know the actress who plays Dottie. We'll get to that in just a second. But yes, they have. They're walking together. Dottie's apparently, you know, as it is in the fifties. You got that one woman who is in charge of everything. She's your access to everything. Uh, and we've seen that many times in those old fifties sitcoms. So, but they, but there's this moment where Agnes stops her, Shannon, and says, "I want to give you a little bit of friendly advice." And is it about my outfit? And she says, "Well, yeah, but we can't do anything." About <laughs> yes. And then gets into what she feels that she needs. To, tells her like you got you got to be friends with this woman she can help you blah blah, blah. and she goes oh i'll just be myself and then we get that break to catherine does such a fantastic job in that moment being afraid to say yes you should be yourself and then laughs uncomfortably what did you think of that oh i mean layers upon layers man i mean <laughs> that's uh... Again, Catherine Hahn is doing such a good job. And I didn't really think about until you guys have brought it up the way that she is pointing out the cracks. Yeah. Also helping fill them in. Yeah. So the idea that she is she the bad guy? We don't know. But it, it but it, right now it seems like she's doing everything she can to keep Wanda's world together. Right. Which could mean exactly it, it could literally go either way. Either she is the good guy, she is literally trying to help Wanda maintain this world to keep her safe or she's the bad guy because she's trying to help wanda maintain this world to keep her removed from the actual world right now the longer the longer the illusion goes maybe the more power she gets Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the more friendlier she becomes maybe she has a way to manipulate Wanda yep. even more. She'll yep. trust her even more because she's always there in those moments where Wanda's unsettled to help her, to help normalize or to help center her again. That's for right. sure. Um, yeah, and this idea of, once again, Mike, we get this theme that's running through this idea of fitting in. If you want to fit in, you got to make friends with Dottie. Yeah. You get the most uncomfortable uh, get together we've ever seen. What was your feeling about this entire scene before we get to the glass breaking in Dottie's hands, the way she kind of uh, owns this whole committee of women? What was your feeling as you were watching that, Mike? My feeling is, as a gay man, we are drawn. <laughs> we are we are drawn to the mean girl, but we yes. also are scared of the mean girl. Yes. So I loved I loved it. Like every every shitty, snarky thing she said to keep those other women in oh. line, I was like, I hate you, but I respect you. You are my kind of lady. Uh, couple things, couple things before we get to the glass breaking that I yeah. picked up on that I thought were obviously, as we just said, this is the first time we meet Geraldine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Geraldine and Wanda form an instant bond and are called out repeatedly by Dottie for it. Again. Layers upon layers. Typical sitcom. This is just Dottie being the mean girl. But also, Geraldine, and again, the acting is on point here, Mm -hmm. seems a little bit unsure, a little bit confused. She She says literally, I don't really know what I'm doing here. And Wanda's like, yeah, me neither. And so there's that going on, which is interesting. Uh, Two things with Agnes. One, one, uh, as I said, lots of devil references, uh, lots of potential. This is the one that I think is the most legit that makes me feel like some of the other weirder ones might also have some credence. Right. Uh, Dottie says, 
about the planning committee for the children, yeah. uh, the devil is in the details. Right. And Agnes's response is, that's not all he's in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Is it a Mephisto? And again, it's, that, it's that super layered thing of that totally works yeah. as a 60s sitcom joke. Yeah. Exactly. There's more to it. Yeah, the and- other thing that I'm sorry, the other thing that I found really interesting, uh, this episode more it does a thing that's different than the first episode the first episode is straight down the line this episode we know in the 60s as johnny referenced a lot of these couples had separate beds yes Mm -hmm. right away they make one bed and they have sex Mm -hmm. which you would have never seen on tv uh agnes is passing around the booze and saying how did anybody do these things sober there's a lot of things where characters in this episode characters are starting to do things and say things that would never actually have been said back then. Sure. Which, which, and they're funny lines and they yep. work, but like it's a little bit anachronistic and you're like, okay, hmm. so what's happening? Yeah. Like it, right. was, it was another little hint that this isn't a straight, this one was less straight down the yeah. line yeah, than yeah. episode one was. Well, because it's again, it's, it's very much, and the way that these lines are delivered yeah. absolutely work in there because they're done in that style of these sitcoms. But again, these are things that would not have actually happened in the sitcoms. Very notably, Bewitched, yep. I believe, was one of the first, if not the first, sitcom where they did where Samantha yeah. and Darren did sleep in the same bed eventually. Yeah. Like they yeah. had a big bed that the and, two of them slept in. Yep. And even Wanda kind of questioning the fact that she's wearing pants when none of the other women yes. are. I mean, all right. of these things. Like it's all it's all sort of like things aren't quite matching up. It's it was all just really interesting. And then of course, to Johnny's point, Dottie. Uh, oh, I guess I guess first we go to Paul Bettany. Where are you, Johnny? Oh, what do you want to talk about next? Where are we going first? Quick, yeah. Well, real quick, I don't want to throw in the, to add on to what you said. First of all, shout out to Tayon, to Tayona Paris who is playing uh, a Monica Rambeau, aka Geraldine. Yes. She hesitates to say her name because she's not sure what her name actually yeah. is. Yeah. So that's an interesting moment as well to add on to the, I actually don't know what I'm doing here. So right. she's going to be interesting to watch. We see already in the trailer that she gets jettisoned out of this world. So how long does she stay in before they jettison her? What does that lead to? So I, I'm curious of that, but she's doing an incredible job and she fits seamlessly into this world so well with the way she's doing and the way she's delivering the lines as well, the way she approaches this. Yeah, let's go on to <clears throat> Paul Bettany over there at the Westview Public Library, the neighborhood watch <laughs> meeting here with uh, Norm. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Those, You thought the women were bad. These men are a bunch of gossipy bitches, but they take care of on. And I hate to break it to you, as men are. You know, so, uh, let's, let's break that trope now. But Norm, Norm is there, but we also meet Herb. First time we meet Herb, a wonderful David Payton. Jones is there as well. And they, you know, they initially resist uh, uh, a vision showing up, but then, you know, he kind of sits down because he's got, uh, he's got, uh, he's got some new business to bring up. Uh, and eventually he kind of wins them over in these conversations. And this whole conversation is about pointing out other people's fake veneer of accomplishment or fake veneer of the world that they've created, the reality they've created. The bowling trophies are from Hackensack. The other, the, <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 uh, what this tree house was pre-built. Yep. This idea that what people are presenting of themselves is an actual lie of what it really is, but it's to look good. Once again, this idea of what's real, what isn't real being brought up here. We get the norm reference to him being a communist, which I think is interesting. Then big red gum and weird masturbation thing. Uh, Once again, to your point, Mike, this idea of bringing up stuff people wouldn't bring up. So, yeah. Also, 
Also, Big Red. Uh, yeah. Just I'm throwing these all in there because this I'm not had Agnes not said the devil thing, but yeah. a lot of people are like Big Red is a specific choice for gum. Devil, yeah. just saying. Fiery. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it works uh, on the two levels of the devil, and also again, as you've been bringing up, John, like the the idea red scare. of communism and red yeah. scare, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. That's there's something here. And remember, Black Widow has Russian stuff to it. So what's this connection that they're using here as we open phase four? Uh, Shannon, I want to get your thoughts on this. What is this idea of of uh, Herb? Like Herb is such an unusual character in this whole thing. You know, he kind of takes control. He's kind of playful, but he seems so out of place with everybody else. What did you feel about him being in this uh, in this scene? I mean, again, he's another character that showed up after that helicopter crash. Good point. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. And also, was yeah. it was it him or was it Asif Ali who gave him the gum? It was him. It was so him. this Herb. is a guy who's who could be trying to neutralize some threats. Ah, good point. Yeah. I didn't even think about the gum being a thing to neutralize. Yeah, I, I I am really intrigued. I didn't even think about this till you guys all pointed this out, like that Geraldine and Herb and some of these people don't show up until after uh the helicopter which i think is the mail pretty two. interesting I, the mailman mail i think those are the only three people and then we'll get to the beekeeper in a little bit but those are the only three people until the helicopter shows up i mean dotty is dotty that was already always going to happen but geraldine and herb are very interesting for that's a great point you bring up uh shannon because we've met norm already and we met jones already but Norm, yeah. again, the communist thing, Just I just think there's something here with Norm that they're going to get to in a little bit. It but was yeah. such a weird moment. Like, it was such yeah. a, I mean, it, and again, to Emma's, it played as the, oh, here's some gossip. Here's some gossip. I'm the robot. Right. I don't understand gossip. But, like, it was such right. a specific thing. And there was just that beat. And it was like, oh, okay, let's move on. You're really funny. You can hang out with us. It was very, right. very strange. Why, why are you having a meeting, Emma, a loud meeting in a library? Why are yeah. you having a loud meeting in the library? Right? Again, that's that is another thing of of the levels of this is kind of starting to fall apart mm -hmm. because, right. like you said, lo loud meeting in a library and also just all and again, like you brought up the thing with like the bowling trophies and all yeah. the, the sort of layers there of none of this actually means anything. <laughs> oh, good boy. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so let's go back to Wanda and Dottie. Uh, you know, Wanda's punished for talking uh, to everybody <laughs> while Dottie is talking herself, and so she has to help <laughs> the cleanup. We get the tongue sticking out, which I think is great. Uh, but then we get this thing where Dottie kind of breaks the crack here, or cracks it here again. Mike, you speak about these cracks because she says, I've heard things about you you and your husband and she said well i don't mean you any harm and she says i don't believe you and then yeah. the radio starts to he, we start to hear help me rhonda or help me Wanda." Yeah. And, and remember help me Rhonda is a beach boys song about a guy trying to get over the loss of a girl and so once again it's about loss right and that's what the song is about and then we hear uh i think it's jim jimmy uh, woo yeah, Jimmy Woo. We hear yeah. Jimmy Woo through the radio yeah, as well. Then the glass shatters, and she's got the, another stark uh, color of red. What was your thoughts about this scene there, Mikey? Uh, really, again, this was another moment where when Wanda says to Dottie, we uh, we mean you no harm, or yeah. I, like, we're not dangerous, whatever she says. That is not a Wanda in this episode of the sitcom. Right. That's Wanda. Right. saying yeah. like you know like if the first episode of of of, of oh, wandavision is like good. if the first episode is all about 
we don't know why we're here, we're having memory lapses. This entire episode is about we need to belong. We yeah. need to fit in. This is what we need. And so that was that was a very earnest <sighs> plea yeah. saying, uh, we don't mean you any harm. We want to fit in here. And when Dottie's like, I don't believe you. Like, it was just, I'm not sure what Dottie's deal is. And again, like, there's a lot of things. Who in this, it, it's clear that everyone is fulfilling a role that Wanda yeah. Or yeah, some bigger, or some bigger force, but I think I'm with Emma. I think Wanda wants them to be. Yes. Um, some of them may be sword agents. Some of them might just be innocent people who got caught up in this town. Yeah. Some of them might be agents of Mephisto or Nightmare. Yeah. Or some of the, or, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that you could interpret this, but it's definitely the crack showing the blood. But again, um, just like with the hearts in episode one. She's bleeding actual red blood. There's this yes. weird moment yes. the radio plays, and Dottie makes some line about how a housewife gets blood out of linen and goes off, and we just move on as if nothing had happened. Like Hi. the cracks show for us, and then the world re reverts to we're going back to sitcom. I feel like, based on how things end in this episode, that yeah. Dottie has some awareness yes. that. Yeah something is not right about this, or she may fully know and right. is actively trying to maintain yeah. the illusion. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and, and remember too, well, first of all, shout out to Emma Caulfield, who's great. Oh my God, Dottie. she's so good. But remember, Dottie is short for Dorothy, Dorothy, Wizard of Oz, two alternate realities. Again, yeah. that kind of situation there as well. Uh, uh, she creates an alternate reality to escape what when she's been knocked out by the hurricane or the tornado, whatever. So that it's, a tornado. It's, a tornado. it's a tornado. Oh, it's I a tornado. It's a tornado. Yeah, it's definitely a tornado. There's red, beeping. There's red beeping. All right. So <laughs> she says. So we hear Wanda who's doing this to the. So now we go to the ad of the of the of the show here, and this is for watch. a Strucker watch. Uh, he'll make time for you. And then we hear what sounds like the ticking of a time bomb. Uh, Shannon, thoughts on this one, man? <laughs> The watch, well, one, we see the Hydra logo right there yes. on the yep, watch. Yep. <laughs> the watch is set to 242, and Avengers 242 has to do with Avengers 238, where Vision is being reactivated. Damn. So another point of trauma, this is Strucker oh, experimenting on her and her brother. So looking at Wanda's MCU history, we can start to kind of pinpoint what the next commercial could be. Yeah. Ooh. Are we going to, what, General Ross? Something with General Ross, Sokovia Accords, I, yeah. I, think, I think we're going to go Pietro's death. Okay. I think, I think we're going to go the Sokovia Accords or Lagos. And then, I mean, definitely Vision. I feel like that'll be the last yeah, one. Yeah, that'll be the but last there's one. There's one in between there that is escaping me right now. As someone who was lucky to see episode three, I cannot confirm or deny. Oh, yeah. Don't you say anything. Don't you say <laughs> anything. I know. I'm trying to think if it will have something to do with, like, when she basically gets, like, placed under house arrest in Civil War. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Possible oh, I mean, uh, I was gonna say maybe Hawkeye zapping her with that arrow. Oh, maybe. But they're all good guesses. These are all great guesses. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's move on before Johnny says something you shouldn't say. I'm getting nervous. Calls it. Uh, all right, let's move on to the talent show. We. Oh uh, you know, this is just okay. Hijinks and hilarity, please, Emily. Yes. I was gonna say. I'm just gonna sidebar here for a second. So yeah. obviously, a lot of this. Um, uh, series was filmed in Atlanta, um, mm. but I happen to also know that a good portion of it was filmed at Universal oh. uh, on the back lot. And so the whole time during the talent show, I was like, is this Courthouse Square? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally is. You're right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, Emma, having worked, Emma and I both having worked there, but Emma, of course, uh, at uh, being forever. a VIP guide, so yes. she's like, you know, she knows that place inside and out. I know that sure. back lot very well. <laughs> great, great reference. Uh, so we get the town show, and of course, uh, no, what we have is uh, Wanda is pacing back and forth in the outfit that uh, uh, they had made jokes about earlier, and she is worried. We have Geraldine there as well. She's essentially the stage manager yeah. of the talent show, and then uh, a Vision shows up, and he is essentially, it's the, the drunk scene from any any uh sitcom you've any seen sitcom. yes right right exactly so mikey and thoughts on this before we get out onto the stage well just great for paul bettany like this is something he, he never thought he would have been able to play as vision like right. the, yes. to, to shannon's point to shannon's point at the top like they just despite all the trauma and layers of everything that we're diving into as we try and suss out what the fuck is going on they're just having the time of their life yeah. like paul bettany playing drunk and Elizabeth Olsen playing the, okay, well, we got to figure this out. Let me be Samantha from Bewitched. Like, it's so fun. Uh, and like Emma said, I was just enjoying this like I would enjoy an episode of Bewitched yeah. as the back part of my nerd brain was trying to put things together. Yeah. And the other thing that I think was brought up earlier on this episode that we were talking about is the the entire show hinges on you believing the relationship between Scarlet Witch and Vision. And rooting for them like i am rooting for them to succeed yeah. through every disastrous ending of yeah. both of these episodes where everything that possibly could go wrong goes wrong but i still want them to win yeah, yeah. exactly like we have the, like it's these two super powered fucking avengers yes. and we're like I hope this talent show works out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. You're so invested by this point. You're right. Well, they come out as, quote, illusion and glamour there to right? do their tricks. Of course, uh, uh, Vision gets it uh, backwards because he's he's essentially backwards himself as gum has essentially gummed up the works uh, too on the nose at times. But Vision says... <laughs> Vision also talks about how easily few humans are fooled and says all this inappropriate stuff and levitates himself. And Wanda has to get him out of these situations, creates a somehow she's able to create a rope thing and nobody catches it and does, a, you know, kind of strings. Yeah. Up the, yeah. And he I goes, don't know. If, I don't know if you've ever yeah. watched an episode of Bewitched or I Dream of Genie, yeah, but this true. is how it works. <laughs> this is literally, yeah. The of the nose, you're right, yeah. And then uh, uh, Vision picks up the piano, which is uh, Jones's grandma's piano. Which is great. And then so funny. she turns it into a flat thing and then says something really cool, which she says, oh, you weren't supposed to see how we did that. So very interesting reference. So throughout this whole talent show, uh, she is constantly saving him, and then eventually uh, they do the trick with the uh, uh, the uh, the cabinet of yeah, uh, whatever it is, and Geraldine comes out. But throughout yes. this whole thing, though, Emma, the faces, the looks on these people's faces as they're trying <laughs> to cheer, but also be scared of it, like yes. looking to her left and right. Uh, in a in a very scared uh, way. What do yeah. you think about all that? Well, now I'm more now I'm definitely on board with the idea that she has somehow like co-opted an mm -hmm. actual existing town and yeah. forced them into her idea of what her current reality is. Yeah. And it is you're seeing these people. And the thing is, it, it works on so many levels because even in a contemporary setting in our own world where people don't have superpowers, um, we'd freak out a little yeah. bit if we yeah. were seeing this happening. But at the same time, they're presenting it under the illusion of this being a magic show for a talent show. So you're right. like, maybe it's well, just tricks. <laughs> and and I mean, even though it is, even though it is very in keeping with how an I Dream of Genie or Bewitched yeah. episode would work, to, jo to Johnny's point, it's just another example of as long as the people 
in this town are given the barest hint of this is the solution, yeah. they'll jump to it. They'll yeah. jump to it so things revert back to normal. The other thing that I think we've got to talk a little bit yeah. about here is yeah. this is a talent show that's being done for the children. Yes. Every yep. time anybody says for the children, they sound like fucking creepy ass zombies. Yes. Yep. And also, there are no children, no children in this town. Yeah, no children. We don't see, there's not a single child present anywhere. And knowing what you know, if you're a comics fan, knowing what we've talked about, about Wanda and Vision's history, uh, children, them having children in sort of a mystical sense, because again, Vision is a robot. Yeah. Uh, is 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 a big it seems to be a huge part of what's going on here yeah also we get uh a little reference from beverly who is played by jolene purdy when she says oh is that how mirrors work uh and Dottie tells her to shut up immediately right this idea there yeah. is a mirror dimension in the marvel universe which is a parallel dimension that allows the user to practice their magical abilities and fight their enemies without the public's knowledge so is that something that is i mean that's pointed out so strongly in that moment so it must be a reference here and it was first pointed out in dr strange <laughs> uh, we know yes. scarlet witch is going to be in the doctor yes. strange sequel and there have been rumors that he might pop up in this right right oh i hope so so they end up getting off the stage uh, uh wanda figures out that it's gum inside of him pulls the gum out and they try to escape, uh, covering their you know face up yeah. with the top hat. Dottie pulls them back in, gives them an award, says they were incredibly funny. They win the comedy performance of the year. Ironic, considering these are two of the most serious characters in the Marvel Universe. Uh, and then uh, uh, Geraldine gets brought out. They do the the bow, and she says, "I have to ask for one second. I was I have to ask one second. I was backstage, and the next, I was in a dark cubby hole. Is this a reference to her own journey?" into this WandaVision thing that Monica Rambeau yeah. came in. Emma, that was what literally think? exactly what I was thinking as, yeah. as we were having this whole conversation of the fact that she doesn't show up until after we see the helicopter. And it's this idea of she got pulled into this universe and we're just like reiterating that through the, I was backstage just doing my job. And then I was, and then here I was. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Right, right. Exactly. Uh, all right. So let's, uh, then she goes, uh, then they go back to the house and, you know, it's so it's a classic ending of a sitcom moment where it's like, oh, that wasn't so bad fitting in. Yeah. Was, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they uh, make a reference to, for the children. And as they stand up, Wanda is pregnant, Mikey. And they have a sweet kiss. But then we hear, oh, so they're about to have a sweet kiss. Yeah. Then we hear the loud noise. And then, and, and specifically, that. she yeah. asks Vision, is this real? Is this real? Is this real? Right. Good is morning. this real? And he's like, yes, my darling. Like, like that. And again, not sitcom moment. Like, we right. went from sitcom moment, like, da 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 da. We, we did it. We made the talent show to a, they are having a real moment. And right. then, yes, it is interrupted by a loud noise outside. Right. And they, they walk out there and, uh, there is a beekeeper coming out of a manhole. Uh, and Wanda, once again, Mike, as you referenced here, breaks the sitcom wall and says, no. And then rewinds everything back. But let's talk about this beekeeper. Who is yep. this beekeeper? One of the bees, the logo, the sword logo, I think is on his it is. back. It is. But yeah. some people are saying this might be AIM because the AIM troops would dress up and look like beekeepers yes. when they were doing this. So, so what's yeah. Your so, on this? Well, yeah. So AIM in the comics, uh, advanced idea mechanics, kind of an offshoot of Hydra that are really into machines and stuff. And they've been yeah. in a ton of stuff. And yes, their outfits do look 
like Beekeeper hazmat outfits. So there's and they're lot- founded by Strucker as well. Yeah, and they're founded by Strucker. But given that there's a sword logo, I think what is more likely the bees is a lot. But I do think sort of what we were saying before about the helicopter, whether this was a drone or a helicopter with Monica Rambeau in it or whatever that was sort of translated yeah. in Wanda's mind into a toy. I think that this is just a hazmat suit that an agent of sword would wear as they are trying to infiltrate Wanda's vision uh, that her brain turns that into a beekeeper suit. That, oh, she, that, that is that okay. ha- a hazmat suit doesn't quite fit the genre right, of the right. sitcom, but a beekeeper kind of makes more sense. That is no, still a little sure. bit of a stretch. Like there's a lot of bees, so it's yeah. a weird moment. But yeah. uh, but that would be more of my guess. That obviously whatever whoever it is, it is someone from outside of the right. show, outside yep. of Wanda's, trying to get in. And given the sword logo on the back, it's like well, it's a sword agent. Yeah. Yeah. Emma? The question is too is 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 it. I agree. I see the hazmat suit thing perfectly, but I also think just in general that the beekeeper outfit um, conceals the identity of whoever it is that came in. So it is also in my mind possible that it is somebody that she is familiar with, that she is aware of, that Mm -hmm. is trying to break into her illusion, who she's intentionally concealing the identity of. I'll throw one at you, Shannon, and, and, and Emma and Mike. You guys can respond as well. But Shannon, uh, I read this thing in Den of Geek, and it blew my mind. There are certain characters you read about and you love in Marvel, and they don't get the big fanfare, but Wonder Man is one of those characters. And someone on Den of Geek kind of broke down the possibility that this beekeeper could be Eric Williams, who is the brother of Simon Wonderman Williams. And Eric Williams has been a main villain for Wanda and uh, a vision for quite some time in the Marvel comics. And their reason is beekeeper kind of rhymes with grim reaper. And so is this, this idea that someone is coming to shatter their illusion? Is it possible that this is someone related to wonder man who is a villain in the Marvel universe to uh, a Scarlet Witch and Vision. That helmet. That yes, helmet, that I was going to say the like helmet. Yeah. From the credits. I mean, so yeah. that's certainly a possibility. And what he, he, you said he was Wonder Man's brother, right? Yeah, right. So yeah, I'm yeah, Wonder yeah, Man's yeah. brother. Yeah. I mean, sure. Everything's I on the like table right now. At this point, <laughs> at this point, get, I can't tell. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Mike. I can't. I can't tell if Marvel is fucking with us or we're all just fucking crazy. Yeah. It, like I can't even tell at this point. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like I'm like, wait, their address was this. Like, well, Shannon over here is like, the time was this, which relates to this comic, and I'm like, okay, guys, we are. <laughs> we are we are going down the rabbit hole here. Well, like you said, it's been a barren desert, Mikey. We were, <laughs> we, we were yeah. enjoying the shit out of this for sure. But yeah, it could be. You're right, uh, 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 Shannon. The, the helmet shows up in that opening of this episode. Could that be something that references uh, to it? And if we get Wonder Man as a con- connection to this uh, Grim Reaper, I would be out of my mind and happy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, she says no, rewinds things back to, uh, back to the uh, living room there. They share that moment again. Then the kiss happens uh, and everything, she turns everything to color uh, and we have that ending. So now we're moving into the color uh, version of uh, these sitcoms or colorized, sorry, version (coughs) of these sitcoms. So Emma, what do you think about this overall ending here of her trying to keep it together and then kind of changing everything, moving forward? Is she progressing out of this hole by moving forward in time in her mind to the next decade of sitcoms? 
I'll tell you what, the only thing that could make this more bewitched, which is a sitcom that started in black and white and then eventually oh, moved into color, great point. Uh, is if they also just replaced Vision. <laughs> <laughs> well, new Darren. New Darren and old Darren, yeah. New Darren and, and old Darren. <laughs> And, and if like uh, if like some Marvel character showed up as Endora, like and yeah, you can't you, got, you oh can't have Bewitched without Endora. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I thought, <laughs> oh, Darren. But again, like I I bring it back to as we see, we're seeing color starting to infiltrate this yeah. universe. So yeah. to me, the fact that she made it all color speaks to her being like, okay, the color I can't fight against the color thing anymore. So I'm going to introduce that into this world and we're going to progress with that. And we're going to normalize that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Uh, any, uh, any thoughts on this one, Shannon, before we wrap up this particular uh, part of the, of the episode? No, I agree with Emma. I mean, Wanda yeah. is rolling with the punches. Like she, she can no longer keep this part out. She's like, all right, if I can't keep it out, then I'm going to, I'm going to take over everything then. Yeah. And who knows what, um, what effect this is having on the outside world. Yeah. yeah, and Mikey, as we move out of once again the end of this, we hear Jimmy uh, Yang once again start, oh, saying, yeah. "Wanda, who is doing this to you?" Right? Yeah, we get the uh, we get the hexagon out again, yep. which I think is either Infinity Stone reference or Mind Stone specific reference, yeah. but obviously a very important shape in Marvel. And yeah, and we hear and we hear uh, <laughs> Detective or uh, Agent Wu uh, saying, "Wanda, who's doing this to you?" Which really leads to the big question that everybody you know is is Wanda doing this to herself? Right. Is this Mephisto, as a lot of people think? Uh, is it Nightmare, who is a character that deals with your oh, yeah. nightmares, who was rumored to be the villain uh, in Doctor Strange 2 early on before Sam Raimi took over and might still be the villain? Uh, so there's a lot of potential tie-ins. We don't know. Is it none of that? Is this literally yeah. just Wanda dealing with her stages yeah. of grief? Yeah. Uh, and she is the villain of her own story or the hero of her own story if this is what she works through. I mean, there's so many interesting questions, but like we said at the top of this, what I love about this show is it it it's just working as a fun, this is a really funny sitcom. It's fun to see these characters play in this world. Right. It's working as a really fun sort of continuation of the story that we know from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. And it's working as this really fun, weird Twilight Zone, Black Mirror style mystery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Emma. Yep. Oh, no, yeah. I'm just okay. echoing those sentiments completely of, of you are living in, at on a base level, just looking at this show, you've got this great homage to the American sitcom. But yeah. there's so much double meaning in all of the dialogue. And it's yeah. just really, it's just fun and fascinating. One thing to throw in, the hexagonal shape could also be, I saw this reference here on Slate.com. They said it could be, the honeycomb shape could also be a reference to the universal neural teleportation network system of space travel from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, especially uh, since there's evidence that Marvel's Eternals will be will come out is, is set in space, so they're headed to space. Uh, and the honeycomb could also be related to the beekeeper from episode two as well, so uh, that we see here. So yeah. there's... Yeah, connected issues here that could could Joe around, and as and I don't want to move past uh, the end credits either. That those uh, kind of technical colors, the uh, red, green, and blue stuff that leads to these rings, these wedding rings uh, united. Yeah. What do you think about that, Mikey? Well, red and green and like those are pixels. I mean, those yep. are three. Yeah. We'd not not now that we all have such awesome advanced TVs, but when I was a kid, <laughs> like when I was a kid, you would go if you got really close to your TV set. 
yeah tv tv light was made through red green and blue pixels so yeah. it is clearly the entire end credit sequence is sort of a uh a digital version or a computer generated version of what we're watching which is wanda is creating her reality through television so yeah. the wedding rings vision's mask wanda's mask the staircase like all the things you see when you watch that closing credit sequence yeah. that are done in those three colors is this is wanda creating her reality uh in a in a tv format yeah, yeah, there we go. All right, well, that's how the episode ends. We end up back. Uh, we just hear that, and then the episode e ends, and uh, we are left to wonder what we're going to get in episode three of wow. uh, of WandaVision. Mike, any final thoughts here before yeah. we wrap up? Yeah, my final thought is you're not left to wonder. You already saw it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I was very lucky. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, our, uh, no spoilers for episode three until we get to the spoiler review next week, but were you satisfied? Very much so. Let me tell you something. Everything starts to happen in episode three. Okay. So, uh, they did a great job in, in the first two episodes laying the groundwork so you understand what's happening. And I think these breakdowns are great for people who really want to dive deep into this stuff. And then episode three is where everything starts to kind of happen more okay. and more. And we'll and I can't wait for the next episodes. Like I, I'm mad I don't have all episodes to binge in one day because I would um, tear through this shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, then my fight. Yeah. Then my final thought is just it's sort of a continuation of what we're saying, but it is that what's it's always. It's great when something that you love gives you what you want. Yes. But it's even better when they give you something that you didn't think you wanted and you really like it. And yeah. I, I, we're, we've, like we said, we've been in the desert. Uh, it's been so long <laughs> since we've had some MCU stuff. Just seeing the Marvel logo come up made me happy. But this is such a weird, bizarre way to tell the continuation of this specific story of these two characters. Yeah. Uh, and it just sort of, at, along with Marvel diving into the multiverse and everything that we know that's coming up that is super weird, it's great that they gave us uh, 10 years of what we got. Yeah. And it's great that they now have the confidence and the freedom to go into some really weird shit. And if this is where we're going for the next phase of Marvel, I'm a thousand percent on board. Absolutely. Uh, any final words on these two episodes, Emma? Apparently my cat has something he'd like to say. <laughs> um, uh, no, I, I, what I want to say is that I am so, this makes me so excited for Marvel television in general, because this TV show would never be a movie. It is too right. weird for them to have taken that big of a risk. Uh, and I so appreciate what a huge risk they did take. Yeah. Uh, cause it is paying off for me in a way that makes me really excited about Marvel content again. Um, and I'm ready for our Brady Bunch episode, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Shannon, thoughts? Yeah. yeah. You know what? I mean, I was watching the Mandalorian on Friday mornings. I tried mm -hmm. to watch it at midnight a couple of times. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just too tired right now. Yeah. And so, uh, Vogel and I had an early writer's room this past Friday. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch one episode. I'm going to watch one WandaVision episode. I'll watch the second one before we start. Yeah. I blazed through the first two and went back and watched them again. Yeah. yeah. And so thank goodness they did not release these all at once because and, I would have done a marathon. Yeah. That's and, the and I will, and I will say because like, I love the Mandalorian and I've gone back and watched like the Ahsoka episode or the finale episode a few times. And like, this is nothing against Mandalorian. If you listen to our Mandalorian reviews, I was a huge fan, but because of the mystery 
And because these episodes are working on so many different layers, and because every line of dialogue could be interpreted in different ways, the rewatchability of WandaVision is huge. Like, I just keep wanting to go back in to look at how Agnes responded to this line, or the way that, was this Wanda from TV, or was this Wanda real? So, like, the rewatchability is high, and I hope that that continues as well. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how much more I can echo all three of uh, my esteemed colleagues' comments. Absolutely agree with them all. <laughs> Thoroughly agree with them all. Can't wait to keep down, walking down this path. Uh, you know, I will tell once episode three becomes of it because they only let us have it for two days and then they took episode three off. Uh, so they won't. So I'll have to watch it again. When they drop uh... I can't wait to uh, uh, watch it again when it drops on Thursday night. But Shane, same to Shannon's point. When they told me that it was done at 6 a.m. Friday morning, I had a very long day of recording on Thursday. <laughs> I was done at 10 o'clock. 10.30, I put on these episodes. Because I have to watch I'm not, not going to watch this. And so I watched all three of them, and they were great. So I watched the last two guys. They are, and Mike, you're absolutely right. Rewatchability off the chart. So uh, hopefully we helped you figure out some of the stuff that was happening. Let us know in the comments section below if we missed anything at all or anything that you thought would be fun to theorize about that we could explore. We do read the comments. You know Michael reads those comments. So please uh, leave those comments. We will respond to them if we can. Uh Big, big thanks to Emma Five. She will be joining us for all yeah, of you. Where can they find you and everything you got going on? Oh, I'm just, you know, at Emma Fife all over the internet, wherever Emma Fives are sold. You can find me. Uh, yeah, Emma Fife, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. Uh, and then also be sure to uh, check out the stuff that we are doing on Ben. Um, we can, You can find us on like Roku app and Samsung TVs and on Ben.TV in our more linear format, but we are also now uh, focusing on uploading more polished versions of things to our YouTube channels. So I think it's YouTube. I think it's download Ven is where you'll find, or Ven download is where you'll find the stuff that I'm on. Awesome, awesome. Look yeah. for that stuff. You know, you guys know Emma for years. She's yeah. fantastic. Go watch all her stuff there for sure. Uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Boy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey? Uh, hey, everybody. Talking about WandaVision has been a real gas. Uh, we'd love to keep this little shindig going, and you could do some stuff to help us out. Go ahead and put a little click on that like button and subscribe to this guy's page. It's pretty faboo. Uh, and the other things that you can do is you can... Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, like Shannon said. And if you're following us there, go ahead and uh, leave some comments. We love to have a chat with you. And if you're listening to us on Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any place that these podcasts are sold, go ahead and give us some stars and a couple comments. It helps us go right up there in the ratings. Leave some comments below. We'll have a little chat, and we'll see you real soon. Absolutely. Very well said, Mike. And Mike Agnes, very well said. And please share this episode as well on your social media. Let people know you like this content. If you like it, they trust your judgment. They'll come aboard and be part of the Geek Buddies crew as well. All right, we're out of here. Much love to you. Episode three coming. Uh, we'll be dropping these every Saturday. So look for them to come out every Saturday for you to enjoy. We'll talk to you next time on another brand new spoiler review episode of The Geek Buddies.
Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.